You're tuned in to the Mooney Mooney Stories podcast. In this sixth episode, we revisit the church songs familiar to many Catholic Filipinos. Jesuit priest and composer Manoling Francisco reflects on music as a form of praise to God. We highlight Tanging Yaman and discover how songs are gifts that can lead us to healing and unity. This is the Mooney Mooney Stories podcast. Ating kayamanan dapat ay ingatan. Ating mga awit ngayon at kailanman. Aawitin, yayakapin, iingatan ngayon at kailanman. Ating kayamanan. Hi, Father Maniling. Good afternoon. Hi, good afternoon, Afi. <laughs> Kahit binabagyo tayo, good afternoon sa lahat ng salamat, ating salamat. Uh, taga-subaybay. Thank you for gracing us with your presence and for having this conversation with me, Sophia, of FHL. Ah, and then... Yes, Sophia. <laughs> and thank you for the honor of inviting me to share my stories. Father, before we transition to the questions in this episode, we want to check, how are you so far in this quarantine? Oh, I've been so busy because I've been supervising the mm-hmm. relief operations mm-hmm. of Tanginyaman Foundation and the Ateneo de Manila University mm-hmm. at Simbahang Lingkod ng Bayan. Since uh, the onset of the lockdown, uh, uh, March mm-hmm. 23, and every day since then, we've been preparing uh, PPEs, relief packs, and now because of the mm-hmm. spate of mm-hmm. uh, typhoons in Bicol, uh, we uh, are deploying goods uh, all over Bicol through the help of the military, the Air Force, and the Navy. So these are very busy months for us, even mm-hmm. though I also teach full-time. In Loyola School of mm. Theology. Jump-packed yung schedule ni Father. And, right. Yeah. Busier these days even yeah, compared to uh, the normal period, normal times. <laughs> and we are thankful that you still continue on lending a hand to our needy communities because of the situation that we are in. Now, we're going to dive deep to your role because aside from being a priest, you're also a musician. Do you still recall how a musical awakening feels or the first song you ever wrote? Well, I started composing way back mm-hmm. in grade 5. No? Uh, just instrumental, mm-hmm. uh, semi-classical mm-hmm. works. And then in grade 7, we staged an original wow. uh, musical. And Norman Agatep and I uh, Mm -hmm. wrote the music for our musical play. But it was really in first year high school in the Ateneo de Manila way back in 1979 that I began writing liturgical Mm -hmm. songs 
And the first liturgical song I wrote was Hindi Kita wow. Malilimutan. Ang tagal na pala ng buhay nung kanta na yun. <laughs> yes, mas matanda pa kaysa sa inyo. 1979. Yes. So 41 years old na yung kanta. Maybe twice your yes. age. <laughs> so given that, you also said nga, medyo early ka nagsimula, magsulat. Grade 5 and then your early college years. Dun yun na sulat yung seven, right. uh, Hindi Kita Malilimutan. Ay, so, oh. uh, first year high yes. school. First year That high school. First year high school. See? So early. And then, yes. siguro very much musical kayo growing up. Were you part of a church choir? Did you learn any musical instrument? What jump-started that journey? Oh, I belong to a musical <laughs> oh, oh. clan. My grandmother, uh, Leonardo mm-hmm. Ocampo, mm-hmm. Uh, Francisco, So my paternal grandmother was the first graduate of the Conservatory of Music wow. of Saint Scholastica. Mm-hmm. Her younger sister was also a pianist, and my uncle is Louis Ocampo, uh, the prolific uh, songwriter. So he's the first cousin of my dad. So all of us growing up had to go through classical piano lessons and. Mm-hmm. I also had to go through Yamaha Electronic Organ Lessons uh-huh. in Green Hills Music Studio under uh, Carmen Sita Arambulo. Uh-huh. So all throughout uh-huh. my elementary years, I studied uh, classical piano and electronic organ. And then later on, started composing my oh, own okay. songs in high school and henceforth. Okay, so it's in the genes, in short. <laughs> Kasi right. You, you, so many musicians <laughs> in our clan, yes. Campo clan. You came from a musical family. And of course, parang na-cultivate siya through the various training that you had the chance to get. You had piano lessons. Oh yes, I was so fortunate, yes, to undergo classical piano training uh-huh. and to learn so much through uh, Professor Arambulo uh-huh. in Green Hills Music Studio. Let me say, siguro, that was part of your childhood. So, yung musical, it's in your genes. Pero how did you now transition? Or how did your religious calling start naman, Father? Well, back in grade 7, I was enrolled sa UP Conservatory of Music Extension School. No? Uh-huh. And uh, I was preparing for my first uh, public recital, uh, learning a concerto and practicing it when I heard the call to the priesthood way back in grade 7. And so I informed my teacher, Professor Laureola, that I was halting my classical piano training because I sensed that God was calling me elsewhere. So by uh, first year high school, that's when our class uh, wrote the song Hindi Kita Malilimutan through the mentorship of Mr. Onofre Pagsanghan, our teacher in uh, English and Filipino. So in a way, parang medyo you felt the calling to enter peacehood, but at the same time, I think if God really hears us, it 
God really finds a way. So in both, you didn't really need to sacrifice one over the other. You're still doing both things right now. We're jumping to the next question. What are some changes you have observed in the process of songwriting in your earlier years when you were in high school and when you were seminarian to your processes right now? And ah, okay. Okay. Sige, can I share first how hindi kita malilimutan uh, came about, no? Of course. Every year, back then, we had this uh, yearly songwriting competition in the Ateneo High School mm-hmm. uh, with Timpalak Awit Pangmisa. Mm-hmm. And every class was enjoined to compose a religious song and mm-hmm. to perform it. And Mr. Pagsanghan egged our class to, to join the competition. Mm-hmm. And he suggested the passage from the book of Isaiah, Isaiah 49, verses 14 to 16, mm-hmm. which he wrote in English on the blackboard. And then he encouraged us to translate the verses into Filipino in perfect rhyme and meter. So uh, one by one, we started raising our hands, suggesting a word, a phrase, a line. Until after 40 minutes, the uh-huh. lyrics of Hindi Kita Malilimutan was completed uh-huh. in perfect rhyme and in perfect meter. Nine syllables per line, each line ending in the syllable A-N or an. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And he then asked who among us played any musical instrument. Instruments. Uh-huh. So four of us raised our hands and he uh, gave us an extra assignment that day. He said, copy the lyrics and set mm-hmm. music to the lyrics. Tomorrow, you will sing your version and the class will choose our official version mm-hmm. that we will join, in, that we will sing in the competition. And so, uh, when I got home while waiting for my merienda, mm-hmm. I tinkered on the piano and in 30 minutes, the music was done. Wow! I was not inspired at all. There was no bolt of lightning. There were no intense <laughs> emotions. I did not sense God's presence. <laughs> I was just tinkering on the piano, wanting to get over one extra assignment because I still had other assignments to accomplish that day. So after 30 minutes, music was done. Ah, salamat. Magmerienda muna ako. And then, uh, mamaya na yung math assignment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the next day, the four of us performed our respective versions. Mm-hmm. And I still remember the, the version of Rod Tanchanko, who is now a doctor in Baltimore. And his version went this way, no? Hindi kita malilimutan. Hindi kita pababayaan. Nakaukit magpakailanman sa aking palad ang yung pangalan. Buti na lang hindi napili yung version niya. Otherwise, we would be singing that sa patay, no? Uh, in the cemetery. <laughs> uh-huh. so, the class chose my version and we're familiar with the melody. Hindi kita malilimutan. Uh-huh. And we competed against the upper years and we were so certain that we would lose because we were simply in first year high school. Okay. We had croaky voices as mm-hmm. we were transitioning into adolescence. We sang uh, in unison. The other classes sang in harmony. They had costumes, choreography, uh, instrumental arrangements. Mm-hmm. So we were 
prize when we were declared the grand prize winner. Wow. We did not uh, appreciate our song that much then because we were just kids. In fact, uh, at 14 years old, we, we were just kids, no? Yeah, and yeah. And yet, when our song uh, spread far and wide, uh, we were all amazed, no? Because every Monday, we would report to one another. I heard our song being sung in our parish. Another would share. Our family went up to Tagaytay and they were singing our song. And then, oh, we went to Baguio and we heard our song being sung there. So we were astonished that without any recording, without any notation, our song spread far and wide. And that became for me a religious experience. The finger of God was definitely here. He was using us. He was Mm -hmm. using my fingers. He was using my mind, my heart. And it was there and then that I decided to continue writing songs for the church Mm -hmm. and for the Lord. Mm -hmm. And going back to your question, way back in high school, I would set music to prayers of saints Mm -hmm. like uh, St. Ignatius. Mm-hmm. Uh, his sushi pays they can receive or his prayer for generosity mm-hmm. together with John D. Arboleda and Norma Nagatep we would put music to the different parts of the mass from mm-hmm. the Sanctus to the Our Father mm-hmm. to the mm-hmm. Anius Dei it was later on that I started writing my own lyrics and also setting music to uh, lyrics of others and then collaborating with others in writing our own lyrics So the process of writing music has evolved. Mm -hmm. And whereas before the music would have been, the lyrics would have been a pre-given, like Mm -hmm. the prayer of a saint to Mm -hmm. which I would set music. Now the process is the opposite. I begin with the music, at least the motif, the Mm -hmm. melodic motif around which the whole song revolves, no? Such as Tangingaman, na 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 That uh, first melodic line just popped in my mind and I knew this had the potential for a liturgical song, a religious song. Mm-hmm. And so from a, a snatch of melody, then the rest of the song is built around that melodic motif. Awesome. Ang galing. Ang dami kong nakuha dun sa bit, dun sa answers nyo in that particular question. First thing is that when you were starting out to create music on your own, um, it was much of a shared experience. And even the ripple yes. effect that it had, like what you have shared earlier, na bigla na lang siyang kinakanta, let's say, in Baguio or in a church right. in a particular right. city. There is that shared experience from the creation process up until the time when it was already starting to spread. And up until now, when it is being sung in the church, there is that shared experience by the church community when they are singing that song. Uh, Right now, since you have more or less perfected and are really knowledgeable na talaga kayo on how to create your own songs, how to create your own melodies, it's now a reverse process, which works still. Right. Na-mention na rin ninyo yung Tanging Yaman. The, aside from Tanging Yaman, you also have created other songs. Like, for example, I Will Sing Forever and Humayot. 
Ihayag. Both these songs are upbeat and lively. And it's quite different from the tone of Tanging Yaman and Hindi Kita Malilimutan and Your Heart Today. Right. So, why shift the tone? What was going through your head in terms of um, the process when you approached creating I Will Sing Forever and Humayot Ihayag? Ah, okay. So, way back in high school, when or after Hindi Kita Malilimutan spread far and wide, I decided to write music that the youth would enjoy singing at mass. So, writing music in a contemporary tone was my agenda to attract young people to the Eucharist. And so way back in high school, Jandi Arboleda and I wrote the music to Cordero ng Diyos na nag-aalis ng mga kasalanan, etc. Yes, and then in fourth year high school, I wrote I Will Sing Forever because I oh. wanted to write, well, a gospel hymn mm-hmm. that young people would enjoy singing at Mass. Mm-hmm. And it really began by, uh, inconspicuously, unexpectedly, by watching an episode of, I forget this series on TV about Uh, musicians in Manhattan. No? Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. one of the characters, uh, Bruno, was a keyboardist. And I would just be so amazed at his piano playing skills mm-hmm. and the way he played uh, gospel music. So I said, after watching an episode, I went to our living room and mm-hmm. tinkered on the piano and started playing tan ta 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 tan 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 I will sing. And that's how the song Uh, came to be, no? Yeah, way back in fourth year high school. And so I shared it with my schoolmates and they readily embraced the song and sang it with gusto during mm-hmm. our Eucharistic celebrations. Mm-hmm. Many years later, I wrote Humayot Ihayag in the mid-80s, no? Maybe okay, okay. seven, eight years after. And it has always been a challenge for me to write gospel song in Tagalog. Mm-hmm. Kasi parang minsan dilit, minsan hindi bagay. It took me several attempts no, to write a gospel song in Filipino. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And finally, uh, Umayo came about. And so going back to your question, Uh, many of my songs are ballad, but mm-hmm. at the same time, I try to experiment in other genres, mm-hmm. hoping that the different genres might speak to different sets of people and facilitate their encounter with the Lord, whether it is through a chant, whether through a kundiman-like mm-hmm. ballad, whether through a gospel hopefully people encounter God through the musical language that mm-hmm. they are comfortable with. I would also just really like to say that Humayot Ihayag is one of my favorite church songs ever. Kasi it's so, ah, yeah, hey. Thank you for making that. It's so refreshing to hear. So it doesn't get old as well. It really makes you nice be up. proud and have that joyful mood. And usually, this song is played at the end of each Mass. Yes. So, parang right. ang gandang takeaway din nung ganong mood and inspiration after singing and after hearing that song. Going back to chanting, since you also briefly mentioned that a while ago, chants and singing have always been integral to Filipinos, Filipinos' musical forms of right. praise. 
in an interview, yes. you recall experiences as a young seminarian in the Cordilleras. Have you observed uh-huh. similar music traditions in the community that you had the chance to interact with? For example, maybe similarities in rhythm, tension and resolution, musical ideas, and all of that. Well, I was assigned to Kiangan Ifugao mm-hmm. as parish okay. priest right after my ordination in 1997. No? Mm-hmm. And I was so amazed by uh, the culture of the Ifugaos no? mm-hmm. because they would sing at any occasion mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and they had songs, epics, uh, chants that celebrated various aspects of our communal life. No? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Whereas when we turn on the radio, we mostly hear love songs. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But romantic love, while very precious, no, is only one aspect mm-hmm. of our human journey and relationships. No? Mm-hmm. And yet the Ifugaos would sing about planting, about harvesting. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so their music spoke about the many aspects of human existence that our secular pop music simply glosses over or undermines Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, uh, or mm -hmm. neglects. So that's one. And then in terms of uh, the music, well, they also use the pentatonic scale. Mm -hmm. And so very different from our uh, Western scale. Mm -hmm. And yet, very similar to other ethnic groups in Asia, no? Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. in terms of chord patterns with the pentatonic scale, basically, it's just a three-chord pattern, no? Mm -hmm. And yet, uh, despite the simplicity of the music, the significance that music played in their culture uh, Mm -hmm. was something that I deeply appreciated, no? Mm -hmm. If I may give an uh, example, mm-hmm, no? they would play a particular panpipe only at certain occasions mm-hmm. in the Sagada area mm-hmm. when two warring tribes have finally reconciled with one another. Then this panpipe is played. And so those who hear the very high register of this panpipe already know that peace has finally descended upon their land. No? And it's so beautiful that even a particular instrument is associated no, with a particular value mm-hmm. that the community espouses, mm-hmm. a communal harmony. No? Mm-hmm. And so we wrote a Cordilleran Mass together with musicians from the various ethnic groups all mm-hmm. over the Cordilleras, mm-hmm. we chose the panpipe as the lead instrument in the Agnus Dei that we wrote, the Lamb of God, mm-hmm. because Jesus is the one who uh, reconciles us with the Father and with one another. Mm-hmm. And therefore, we transpose the original indigenous meaning mm-hmm. of the panpipe into our Christian setting and gave it a religious uh, symbolism mm-hmm. that Jesus is the peacemaker. The key takeaway from that answer, siguro for me, is yung how mindful they are as a community. Parang yes. in simple practices every day, parang they attach meaning to it. That's number yes. one. Number two, the decision of your parish then to incorporate an indigenous instrument as part of the songs or as part of yeah. the liturgy. liturgy yeah also shows how music 
as a gift actually unites people in one way or another. So regardless of different origins and regardless of, I think, different influences, kasi for sure, yung musical influences ng mga tao in that area is from generations and generations of tradition. Yes. And for church din naman, ang musical tradition din ng church is very full. Kasi it right. existed from centuries. Yeah. There will always be a way to connect and unite. And that is what music did for that particular situation. Jumping from that idea, the musical tradition of the church existed for centuries. Do you ever hear music replying to other church songs existing for centuries? Like for example, maybe in the music that you create right now, are you consciously trying to incorporate certain musical traditions that existed before and you incorporate it now? Mm. Is yes. that consciousness present? Yes, po. Go ahead. Yes, the Gregorian chant, no, which mm-hmm. uh, flourished, no, in the Byzantine period, mm-hmm. the fifth century onward, in a way, is the epitome of Catholic liturgical music, no. Mm-hmm. And uh, when we hear Gregorian chants elsewhere, then somehow, no, uh, we know that this is a Christian community. Mm-hmm. that is celebrating and worshiping no mm-hmm. so the music has a way of identifying the community just mm-hmm. as the ethnic music of the ifugaos mm-hmm. uh, has a way of identifying them so does catholic music the palestrina the gregorian chant mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. the music and so for for me no as you mentioned no uh, it's mm-hmm. very important for us to connect with one another mm-hmm. within the same uh, time frame mm-hmm. and but also beyond our time frame mm-hmm. uh, what do we mean by this no so i try to write music that will appeal to young people today mm-hmm. but also appeal to perhaps the elderly today Mm-hmm. But then, no, church music has been present since the earliest Christian community mm-hmm. in Jerusalem for mm-hmm. centuries. And uh, we try to connect also with the Christians who have gone before us mm-hmm. by bringing to fore the riches, the heritage of the past centuries mm-hmm. with temporary Christians. And so when we sing Gregorian chants, we are united with Christians uh, from the past, with Christians here and now. So when I was commissioned to write the culminating Mass for Pope Francis's visit way mm-hmm. back in 2015, no? mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I tried to incorporate strains of uh, Gregorian chant in the Kyrie and in the Agnus Dei. Agnus Dei Vitoris, Ecata Mundi, etc. Mm-hmm. While also infusing the Mass with the Kundiman and mm-hmm. other indigenous rhythms. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that and languages. So the mm-hmm. culminating Mass uh, was. The music was celebrated in 12 languages, which again tries to highlight the idea that we foster communion not only amongst ourselves, people like us, Mm -hmm. but people of different languages Mm -hmm. and with people of different times. 
we are united by our common faith in Jesus. So music has a vital role in unifying people across cultures and across times. Ang galing na parehas natin na touch yun that aside from the fact that music has that power to unite people across cultures, like what you have substantiated or discussed at length a while ago, since you consciously try to incorporate certain traditions in some of the music that you create, parang nagkakaroon na rin ng shared experience coming from yes. people of the earlier generations who existed 100 years before us. And now, right. since we are familiar, since we are with that experience, we are familiarizing ourselves as well with what they are familiar with. Uh, before. Um, now, jumping to the next question. What makes a great song, Father? Should songs always have purpose? For me, no. Uh, in terms of liturgical and religious music, mm-hmm. for me, the song should facilitate this encounter with the Lord. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, the lyrics uh, may be very simple. The lyrics need not be original. Maybe they might simply focus on the Lord's assurance, do not fear, I am here. Mm-hmm. And uh, what is important is that the song is able to facilitate our religious and spiritual encounter with the Lord. No? Mm-hmm. And so originality for me is secondary. No? The genre of uh, music is moot for me, no? Because mm-hmm. people can encounter the Lord through any genre of music. Uh, it can even be electronic music, rock music, mm-hmm. uh, reggae, mm-hmm. electronic dance music, Gregorian chant. Mm-hmm. And so if the genre of music will facilitate this spiritual encounter with the Lord, then mm-hmm. for me, the song is okay. successful. Mm-hmm. When I write a song... Melodically, it may be good enough, mm-hmm. but if it doesn't move my heart, then I do not share it with others. Because if it does not move me, then most likely it will also not move the hearts of others. But if it leads me deep into prayer, no, mm-hmm. then my hope is that perhaps it might also lead others into prayer, into encountering God in the silence of their hearts. Mm-hmm. To illustrate this, no, I mentioned earlier that John D. Arboleda and I set music to the Agnus Day when we were in third year high school for their Oo ng Diyos na nag-aalis ng mga kasa, etc. Yes. So we were playing, uh, we were enjoying, not knowing that we were... Uh, not following uh, liturgical norms. Why so, no? Mm-hmm. Because the text itself is, well, implores God's mercy. Mm-hmm. The text, the prayer, uh, implores God's mercy, and yet the music is very festive, no? Mm-hmm. So, may uh, disparity, incongruity, no? Between the text, the lyrics, and the type of music we wrote. Uh, I tried to correct my mistake mm-hmm. many, many years before I finally got to write Cordero ng Diyos na nagaalis. When I wrote that melody, I said, finally, I've been able to write music 
that somehow fits the tone of the lyrics, mm-hmm. the prayer of supplication, prayer mm-hmm. ng Diyos, Lamb of God, uh, have mercy on us. But I thought to myself that this will not take off. Filipino Catholics have been so used to singing festive Cordero ng Diyos yeah. over three decades. <laughs> Cordero ng Diyos na nag-aadis by Father Antiveros and then Jack Pierboleda and my Cordero ng Diyos na nag-aadis ng mga kasalanan. So I said, there's no way they will sing a ballad, a love of God in a more meditative mode. Uh-huh. And after I wrote the music, I was so moved that the rest of the day, I just kept on walking around the Ateneo campus, hugging mm-hmm. the melody, singing it to myself and to the Lord. And all throughout, no, I was moved to tears when the song was given birth to. And so I shared it with a few people, preparing myself that this song would not fly or take off. I was surprised that in a matter of weeks, community started singing this version. No? And uh, in a few months, all the churches no, uh, were singing Cordero ng Diyos na nag-aalis. Why did they embrace the song? No? Uh, even though this was contrary to what they were accustomed to, singing oh, a festive love yeah. of God for the past 30 years because it led them to prayer. No? It uh, touched something very deep within uh-huh. them that allowed them to hear the consoling voice of God through this melody. Mm-hmm. And so to your question, no, what makes a song great? No? Yes. It's not the lyrics, it's not even the music or the chord patterns, but it's the effect on the people. Yeah. Yeah. If a very simple melody making use of one octave, and maybe made up of three very basic chords, is able to lead people to prayer mm-hmm. as a community, then the song can be called a great song. And if it is passed on from generation to generation, no matter how simple, mm-hmm. then the song becomes a classic. Yeah. And ganda din pala nung process. I mean, I'm in awe right now. Thank you, Father, for sharing that. No mahaba pala yung pinagdaanan ng Cordero ng Diyos. And the, yes. from the third one that you are... Yes. Yeah. Yes. From the third year high school version to the one that, that is actually being used right now. And finally, like what you've said, achievement na rin yun for you kasi you are now satisfied or content with the manner by which the message was being sent across right. the people. Not din naman, Father, to discredit the earlier version. The earlier this version, Father, was important because it made people aware and it made that part of the mass stuck in their heads. Kasi, right. like what you've said, as Filipinos, we're so used to that festivity, to that liveliness. But yes. the first version achieved its goal, but that parang nasurpass niya lang, kumbaga, with the second version that you have created. Which brings me to the next question, kasi like what you've mentioned a while ago, you said that for you, a song is great, or it's done its purpose when it allows people to feel and to reflect and to be in that mood, to be in that headspace. And it leads you to prayer eventually. Given that premise, 
And this is the question, medyo connected kasi, are all songs prayers for you? Or just prayerful songs? Are all songs prayers for me? Mm-hmm. Well, when I began writing songs in the high school, during my high school years, mm-hmm. I wrote songs to express my faith in the Lord. Uh, my songs were in a way my spiritual autobiography. No? Mm-hmm. They express what I was going through, what I was praying for. And so, back in high school, after accomplishing all my assignments, I would go down to the living room and uh, tinker on the piano and write music. Mm -hmm. That was my way of praying. Mm -hmm. I would play on the piano, create music spontaneously, Mm -hmm. and this was my way of praying. And then I would fit in music, uh, lyrics to them, no? Uh, Or maybe the lyrics would have come first. So for Mm -hmm. instance, in third year high school, I set music to take and receive, as Mm -hmm. St. Ignatius's prayer. Uh, Mm -hmm. Take and receive, O Lord, my liberty. I started praying that prayer way back in grade 7 when I heard the call to the priesthood. Every night, I would end my uh, day praying, take and receive before retiring. And then in third year high school, I said, why not uh, set music to this beautiful prayer? So I went down to the piano, take and receive, O Lord, my liberty. And then I started singing that version to Mm -hmm. the Lord every night before retiring. It was my Mm -hmm. personal song of self-offering to the Mm -hmm. Lord Mm -hmm. at the end of the day. So many of my early songs no, kumbaga, are the fruit of my personal prayer experiences. And that is why I said if I were to arrange them chronologically, then uh, these songs would constitute my spiritual diary. So songs were uh, originally prayers to me from the heart and addressed to the heart of God. no, uh, And these are prayers that have been set to music. But then the other question you pose, no? uh, are songs prayerful? Songs can be prayerful, no? uh, but that will depend on the subjective receiver. No? Mm-hmm. So if the listener, the singer, the recipient no, does not have the proper disposition, even though the song may be scripturally based, then the song will not uh, speak to the person. It will not be a prayerful song. No? Mm-hmm. And so uh, for a song to be prayerful, what is necessary no, is the uh, spiritual disposition mm-hmm. of the listener. And hopefully, a song need not be liturgical. And yet, no, we as interpreters can intuit a uh, religious uh, meaning, a spiritual meaning, to even uh, secular songs. No, mm-hmm. Again, an, an example, no? uh, I love the music of uh, Michel Legrand. No? Mm-hmm. And one of my favorite songs that he has written no? is the uh, theme song of uh, The Umbrellas of Sherber. And the English version is entitled, If It Takes Forever. If it takes forever, mm-hmm. I will wait for you for a thousand summers. I will wait for you. So it's a love song mm-hmm. uh, between a man and a woman. Mm-hmm. But for me, uh, it is also a prayerful song. Mm-hmm. For me, it is God the Father waiting for his prodigal son to mm-hmm. come back. Mm-hmm. And the Father thinks, if, if it takes a thousand summers, 
I will wait for you to come home to my arms. So a song, I think any song can actually be prayerful yes. no? uh-huh. if the singer, the listener is in a proper disposition to discover a hidden layer of meaning uh-huh. underlying even secular songs. I think um, jumping from that conclusion, it's like the experience of, the ba, bigla ka na lang may maririnig out of nowhere na isang kanta, tapos that song speaks to you that your heart needs to hear or that your mind needs to hear yes. to guide you. In a way, I think... And it can be any incident that yeah. uh, evokes that memory, that emotion, no? So anything can become, in a way, no, the conduit that leads us to uh, the spiritual union with God. We're now going to talk about your the highlighted song, which is Tanging Yaman. We briefly um discussed about Tanging Yaman a while ago, but to make our listeners further understand the process behind it, did the lyrics come first? And so that's the first question. A follow-up question to that is this. In the chorus of Tanging Yaman, we have the lines kasi na, Ikaw, I, I mean, I cannot sing. I was just recited. Ikaw ang aking tanging yaman na dilubusang masumpungan. Masumpungan. Masumpungan ang nilikha mong kariktan tuliyap ng iyong kagandahan. For you, what is the ultimate gift and what does it mean to be thankful for it? So we have two questions under this song. Did the lyrics come first? How was the creation process? The second one would be, given the meaning of the song, for you, what is the ultimate gift and what does it mean to be thankful for it? Ah, uh, Okay. I wrote that song as a first-year Jesuit mm-hmm. novice. And during our first years of our Jesuit formation, in a way, we are locked up in our novitiate Sacred Heart in Novaliches, where we spend many hours at prayer. No, and I felt I was deeply in love with the Lord then. No, and that was the reason why I left everything and entered the the Society of Jesus because I was deeply in love with the Lord. And I was reading not only the writings of our founder, St. Ignatius, but also the writings of the Carmelite mystics, uh, St. John of the Cross, St. Therese of Avila, and Santa Teresita de Lisiuno. And uh, their uh, writings on the dark night of the senses and the dark night of the soul uh, was the inspiration behind Tanging Yaman. Mm-hmm. The song tries to express this aching for the Lord who is glimpsed in the beauty of the world. Mm-hmm. And yet, the beauty of the world does not allow us a face-to-face encounter with God who is infinite beauty. The song expresses this longing to see God face-to-face, not only through reflections of God. Mm-hmm. No? Mm-hmm. And so the song expresses this frustration that all that is good and beautiful in the world, uh, yes, reflect your being, mm-hmm. but conceal you and separate us from you. And so the song goes to express our yearning to see God, who is the source and origin of all beauty and goodness. How did I write the song? The melody and the lyrics of the first line came first. No? Mm-hmm. Ikaw ang aking tanging yaman. So that's it, no? And I knew that a whole song could be unearthed from this first melodic motif and line, no? 
and the lyrics eventually speak about the irony you are the center of my life mm-hmm. you are my only treasure you are the very substance of my life and yet i cannot see you i cannot touch you i can only glimpse you mm-hmm. and even though i can only catch snatches of you you are the very center of my being So eventually, the lyrics and the melody developed hand in hand. Sometimes a line came first and then I would put music to it. Or uh, sometimes uh, a melodic line would come and then I asked a fellow novice, uh, Philip Gunn, to help me come up with the lyrics to fit the music. And so when it was finally completed, Again, I thought to myself, no one would sing this mm-hmm. uh, because it speaks of the mysticism of the Carmelite saints. And yet, it has become one of my most popular or maybe my most popular song that I've written through the past four decades. So, going to your second question, what am I most thankful for? No, uh, mm-hmm. Then the Lord no? and the gift of being able to be an instrument of his compassion and his love through the music that I write. no, mm-hmm. And I know that this is a gift from the Lord because there were many instances I had wanted to write a song and no matter how I disposed myself, even set up the external setting, the mood, nothing came out. no. I was mm-hmm. not able to produce anything. And yet, sometimes while walking around the campus of the Ateneo, inside the gym, mm-hmm. uh, or doing my house chores, a uh, melody, melody just pops up in mm-hmm. my mind. And I know this is from God. So I'm uh, most grateful that the Lord you know, has chosen me to be His pan flute mm-hmm. through whom He whispers His undying love for us through the music that I write and the music that I share with others. Um, Thank you for sharing that, Father, from the process to the inspiration that you had when you thought about creating or making Tanging Yaman. The key takeaway that I would want to highlight in that discussion is the idea that in the song, the core of your being is just that you cannot see it, you cannot, um, I mean, you cannot smell it. I mean, with your basic five senses. But you feel it. Yes. That's the ultimate gift for you. And I think in order for you to really, really feel it and be present, you need to be mindful. And that mindfulness, you need listening. You need to be ready yeah. to listen. You need to be ready to listen, right. to feel it, and to be aware that gift is just right in front of you. Given that, do you think listening in that act Is it prayer as well? Yes. When we go outside of ourselves, no? mm-hmm. then when we listen to the cries of the poor, mm-hmm. of those who are suffering due to the COVID pandemic and the series of typhoons in Bicol, then listening becomes an act. Mm-hmm. When we listen to the contrary point of view of a family member, a friend, no? when we become less self-absorbed, no? mm-hmm. then listening becomes a prayerful act. No? When I listen to nature, even the silence of uh, nature, no? then I become aware no, of the conductor of the cosmos, the mm-hmm. great musician who is conducting the symphony of our lives. Now, we are down to our last question, actually. For you, Father, 
Is there an enduring need for praise songs? If so, why? Yes, because Karl uh, Rahner, my favorite 20th century theologian, mm-hmm. defines the human being as innately yearning for the absolute. No? Every human being, whether Christian, Muslim, Buddhist, even agnostic, no, is mm-hmm. yearning for the infinite. We're yearning for infinite happiness. We're yearning for infinite joy, infinite love, infinite knowledge about reality, human existence, the mysteries of the world. We are yearning for infinite solidarity and equality and harmony. Whatever uh, race, whatever religion, to be human is to yearn for the absolute. And our praise songs allow our spirit Mm -hmm. to express our yearnings for infinite beauty, for infinite love, for infinite solidarity. Mm -hmm. And all these have a name. Infinite goodness Mm -hmm. is God. Infinite justice is God. We are all yearning for God. And our praise songs allow us to express this yearning for God, which is really rooted in God's yearning for us. Thank you for sharing your thoughts with us today. Before pala, super last, kasi since the whole program is all about representing all types of music, all manners of expression, the reasons behind music is created in the context of the Philippines. For you, why is it important to have a Filipino music archive that is all-encompassing in that sense that represents all genres, that shows the different messages each song shows or presents to the public. Why is it important for you to have those things archived, the stories behind the creation process and all of that? Well, because music expresses the soul of a culture. No? Mm-hmm. And our Filipino culture is not a monolith. No? We are made up of many cultures. And therefore, these many subcultures mm-hmm. will find expression in different forms of music. And so archiving our music in a way is encoding the soul of our people. Mm-hmm. And uh, the soul of a people can be lost. Mm-hmm. We can lose our sense of who we are, no? Mm-hmm. We can be uh, derailed uh, from who we truly are, no? We need our lodestar to come back to who we are as a people. And music being the deepest expression of our soul uh, helps us get in touch with our identity with and with our roots. And so uh, let us archive our music and the stories behind them because we will discover who we are as a people by listening to the stories behind the songs that we sing. Thank you, Father. Medyo tumagal tayo, but all of the anecdotes, all oh, of the my, stories... We are way beyond. That's important. Actually, I was just also... Minanamnam ko yung thoughts nyo on the music that you create yung different inspirations nyo rin. Kasi, in your experiences, it's nice to hear those experiences and learn from it. Actually, this episode recording this was so refreshing in a pandemic and a typhoon scenario in <laughs> in one day. Fathers, we're super grateful that you graced us today 
that you allowed us to have your song and to have your story be featured in the Muni Muni Stories podcast. Before we end this episode, uh, to our listeners, please stay tuned. We'll be playing Tanging Yaman, our featured song. And yeah, let's say goodbye now to Father. Father Manuling, thank you. Bye. Salama, Sophia. Thank you for inviting me. God bless us all. Take care. Take care, everybody.
Muni Muni Stories podcast is presented by the Filipinas Heritage Library, OPM Archive, and Ayala Museum. Episodes are hosted and written by FHL Sofia Santiago, and sound engineering was done by FHL's Andre Angeles. You just listened to the sixth episode of the Muni Muni Stories podcast with Father Manoling Francisco as our guest and Tanging Yaman as our featured song. Did you like it? Kindly let us know by commenting in our social media pages in Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. That is the Filipinas Heritage Library or the OPM Archive.